This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 30. Will you pay tax on the seed or the harvest? Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious. Be stable. Be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome, everyone, to another episode. Uh, I'm your host, Mark Willis, and in, with me in the studio today is Holly Bach. Welcome, Holly. Hello, everyone. And Katrina Willis. Hi there. So we've got some interesting content to cover c- together today. Uh, the question of the episode is, will you pay tax on the seed or the harvest? And uh, we've we've really dug some into the benefits and interests of uh, the tax reform in the last few episodes, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. Uh, but one thing that came to mind as we were preparing for these episodes was something that was written before the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act went into effect just a year or two ago. Uh, recently, David Ray, a CFP, a certified financial planner and a contributor to the Huffington Post, wrote an article titled The Rich People's Roth, The Rich People's Roth. And in the article, he goes over some benefits of Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs. So these are where you can get tax-deferred accumulation. So you put money in, tax-defer it while it's growing and accumulating, and then it's tax-free distributions upon retirement. When you get income off this thing, it's all tax-free. By the way, as a side benefit, there are no required minimum distributions off Roth accounts. Sounds really cool. Where do I sign up? right? Uh, He also did talk about, I think rightly so, some of the limits. Uh, There are relatively minuscule contributions uh, of Roth IRAs. $5,500 a year uh, if you're under age 50 with an income phase out of $199,000 for a married couple and $135,000 for a single person. So, you know, just because you're maxing out your your IRA or Roth IRA doesn't mean you're going to have the life you want in your retirement. I mean, think about that. Is Katrina, is $5,500 a year going to really solve all of our retirement needs? No. Okay. (laughs) Way way to put a fine point on it there. I like that. So, again, yeah. um, So, that's nice. Thank you, IRS, for that nice bone that you threw us there with the Roth IRA. Uh, but we might need to do more saving than just 5500 bucks a year, unfortunately, for most Americans that, that we work with. So um, he brings up the idea of a rich people's Roth. And in the article, he describes cash value life insurance. What? So like just like we talk about with Bank on Yourself, it's a life insurance policy with cash value that provides many of the benefits of Roth accounts, but without all these Pinocchio strings, you know, no income phase outs. You know, can you imagine if there were no contribution limits to the funds you could put into a Roth IRA or any retirement account? What if uh, you suddenly stumbled across a million dollars, right? Like we do most every other weekend, right? You know, in the couch (laughs) cushions. How could you put that into a Roth IRA? You could not uh, without paying significant taxes first. So uh, how much more could you save if you knew that that was an unlimited contribution bucket? How much more would you want to contribute? if you knew that it was all going to be there for you when you needed it in retirement and at every point along the way. So yeah, life insurance has no contribution limits. You can set the policy up for essentially any size you want, and that cash value will be treated essentially like a Roth. That means your contributions will not only grow tax-free, but will come out to you tax-free. Super cool. Uh, The only limitation 
to the contributions are really set by you when you're setting up the policy. Uh, and that really comes down to what you and your advisor set up, right? So um, anybody want to say anything else to that, that uh, to those points? No? Okay. So uh, some of the potential for substantial tax-free income in retirement. Let's talk some about what that means, how that looks, how that acts. Okay. So the, the basic rule of thumb is that you either pay taxes either on the seed or the harvest. So Holly, what's smaller, the seed or the harvest? The seed. <laughs> and I'm going deep today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you were going to pay tax, would you want to pay it on a little thing or a big thing? The seed. (laughs) So you guys see where we're going here. Basically, you get to choose whether you want to pay your taxes now, put after-tax money into a plan, and then not pay taxes later on the harvest, or if you want to defer, so put pre-tax money in, and then pay taxes later on the harvest. Holly, what do you want to pay tax on? The seed. (laughs) So (laughs) basically, we're trying to pay our taxes because we're good citizens, but we want to pay. There are some serious potholes in Chicago. Let me just tell you. Let's fill them up with our tax dollars. We we are not fans of dodging taxes. That's not what we're saying. We just want to pay the right proportion of taxes. We don't need, we'll pay our taxes, but we don't need to leave a tip. Right. We don't need to pay an excess of taxes. Um, And so that's what we're looking at. So the question is now the time to pay your taxes if you know that taxes are going to go up. Like in 2025? Right. See our previous episodes? Okay. Yes. Um, The cash value on a life insurance policy can potentially be a great tool to use to increase your tax-free income in retirement. So when you're dealing with the harvest, you're able to navigate that cash tax-free. Just as with a Roth, the cash value grows tax-free and it comes out tax-free if handled properly. So you'll want to work with an advisor to navigate all of that. But big picture, do you want to pay tax on the seed or on the harvest? Holly? (laughs) The seed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, it's not just uh, in the, you know, putting money in and retirement income. It has something to do with our final years too, right, Holly? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously when you're in those final years of retirement and, you know, maybe you want to go on that cruise and so you can, you know, have access to money to be able to do that. But it it is so much more. I mean, when you're older, uh, maybe further along in your years, maybe when you're 90, um, you can actually get access to your death benefit, you know, a portion of your death benefit while you're still alive. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Say that again. Yeah, you can get access to your death benefit while you're still alive. How? So I thought that life insurance was only going to pay out when I, you know, graduate. How do I get access to the... So I know about the cash value. I mean, Not Your Average Financial Podcast really goes into the cash value side of things (laughs) all the time. We're harping on the cash value life insurance. But how are we getting the death benefit while we're still breathing? Mm -hmm. Well, there are free riders uh, that are attached to, you know, every every policy we put together that actually can provide you with kind of an acceleration, an accelerated payout of your death benefit while you're still here if it is due to uh, or if you've been diagnosed with any sort of chronic, critical, or terminal illness. So as long as, you know, there is some kind of... um, I guess, you know, a diagnosis of, of one of those things, then you they'll actually be able to kind of accelerate some of that payout while you're still here to help you cover any of those costs, you know, whether that's in-home care or a nursing home, uh, you know, your policy is going to be able to help you out and get those things covered. Wow. So if I need, yeah, at-home care, nursing home, terminal illness care, 
you're saying that you can get access to that death benefit tax-free for mm-hmm. those services as well, yeah? Yep, exactly. And, wow. and very few advisors or even CPAs um, even know that this benefit exists, but it can be a huge advantage to people. And I, I think the thinking you know, behind this, having this type of rider is that, you know, how much better would it be to maybe leave your family a slightly smaller death benefit because you used more of it than to leave them with these huge giant medical bills that they're just going to have to turn around and pay off with the death benefit they received anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. We yep. just went through this last yep. year. A lot of, lot of big uh, relief when you can know for sure that you've got uh, a lump sum you know, without having to rack up a bunch of medical bills and pay the interest and so forth and whatnot. Exactly. And all the stress that goes with that. Yeah. So you yeah. can add, get the advance on the death benefit to pay for that so your family doesn't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Yeah. And I mean, the the, the fact that you know, you are able to take care of it while you're still here, you know, so that when you do pass away, like you can, you can kind of do it in a way that where it's more peaceful of knowing that you're not leaving your family with these huge medical bills if you know you are able to take care of them. So traditional long-term care policies, what, they can cost somewhere between 300 even up to six or $700 a month, depending. And it's a use it or lose it type policy where you're paying monthly kind of like auto insurance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm paying a monthly amount for auto insurance, hoping that, you know, I never get in a wreck because I don't want to get in a wreck. Um, but uh, with long-term care, traditional long-term care policies, you're paying that monthly premium. And then if you pass away, most of the time that money's just out the door gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and then of course they would pay you a benefit if you did need long-term care. Uh, but with these life insurance policies, it's a use it or use it, yeah. right? Uh, it's use a, it or leave it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, either, either way, either you're using it in your lifetime or your family is receiving it. There's no there's no lose it option. So you said it's expensive. Tell us a bit about the cost of these nursing homes these days. Yeah, so the average cost of a nursing home for kind of the average senior today um, would be about $225,000. And that's a cost that Medicare does not cover. That's the total cost if someone needed a nursing home on average. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. Yep. And so talking about $225,000 and we're talking about the fact that you know, you probably are in your later years when this might come up and therefore yeah. probably spent a lot of what you may have saved and accumulated throughout your lifetime. You know, where in the world are you supposed to come up with that kind of money? I mean, yeah. I mean, if you set up your finances correctly, you know, you can like using a life insurance policy, a bank on yourself plan, then you will be able to use the huge lump sum of money um, from the death benefit that's just kind of sitting there that you've been able to grow and accumulate over time to cover those expenses. You know, it can kind of be your safety net in a way. So I just, again, I'm, I'm so sorry, poor Wall Street. I know I pick on you a lot on this podcast, but where in Wall Street can we do something like this? Where, where's the mutual fund that gives me, you know, an additional lump sum that I didn't save to pay for long-term care costs? I just can't find it. You know, if you, if you know of it, someone, please give us a call. Uh, but this just puts what uh, most investments offer to shame. Yeah. Uh, I know poor Wall Street is just picked on so much. They, they really, if you want to come on, anybody, come on on and we'll, <laughs> we'll uh, listen. But you yeah. could invest in a nursing home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, maybe with the, you know, the yep. boomers coming in, that exactly. might be a, a great idea, actually. Exactly, yeah. So that's, But that's about the only way you're going to mm-hmm. any kind of payout yep. from Wall Street for nursing home care, wow. for sure. <laughs> so fascinating. All right, so uh, Katrina, tell us how, all right, so this was brought up briefly in our last episode, but how can we use Bank on Yourself actually to our advantage with taxes? Well, every year you probably either get a tax bill or a tax refund, and you can pay your taxes using a Bank on Yourself strategy. So you could pay property taxes, corporate taxes, personal taxes, 
Yeah, we do that, right? I mean, Absolutely, most every yes. year. Yeah. yeah, we've got money in our policy ready to go for April, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we got some taxes to pay. <laughs> and why is that better than just, you know, paying taxes with cash? What makes that a better deal? Well, that money is growing inside of our policies. It's growing dividends every year. So it's much better to have it in there than to just sit in cash and, and lose the opportunity cost advantages that we have with it in the policy. And I love that it's always liquid and available for us to be able to take a policy loan, pay off the taxes. We never worry about the tax bills coming around because we know we can pay them. We don't have to freak out. It's just easy. Yeah. Just like um, whether it's a vacation or a car we need to buy or, or our tax bill every year, if you know your taxes are going to be X number of thousand dollars a year, just save it up all year inside the policy, then wipe it out with a policy loan, then repay your your policy loan back to yourself over the next 12 months so it's ready and ready to go and recycled, ready to spend on taxes again the next year. Mm-hmm. All the while, like you said, Katrina, you're getting those dividends. Yeah, and Holly, you were mentioning about the, the self-employed folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it's very, very common that um, you know those that are self-employed, you're having to pay into your taxes quarterly. So once a quarter, you're having to kind of send in your projected you know taxes um, so that by the end of the year, you've paid in an appropriate percentage of your taxes. You know, Maybe you've pay- overpaid a little bit, maybe you've underpaid a little bit, um, but they at least want to make sure they're getting something on a quarterly basis. And so I have a number of clients that I work with, and, and in fact, myself as well, You know, using, your pol- using the policy to pay your quarterly taxes for you. And then as you earn the income over the next quarter, you pay it back, you know, pay back the policy loan. Next quarter comes around, take out the loan, you know, just kind of wash, mm. rinse, repeat. Yeah, it, it does. It feels like you're recycling dollars rather than just throwing them away when you're doing it this way. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, no one likes paying your taxes, but at least you're getting some growth on the money while you do it. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yep. So what about tax refunds? Katrina, this is another yeah. really cool strategy you brought up. You can use the tax refunds to pay annualized premiums, and that can help get a policy started or help with the system of policies. So if you regularly get a refund, then that cash flow is going to go one of two places. It's going to go to your lifestyle, or you can start planning for bigger picture items. Um, So that's a strategy. I I know Holly has an opinion on this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, it's just, I mean, in so many cases, uh, sometimes I'll be working or or speaking with individuals, and they're saying that they get these massive tax refunds at the end of the year. And they're almost like proud Proud, of it, right? They're like, look at my tax refund. (laughs) And honestly, I kind of look at it, I'm just like, oh, Ouch. You know, like that much money, you know, it's it's a 0% free interest loan to the government. I mean, that's really all it is. It means that you gave the government that many more dollars throughout the last year that they got to hold on to for that entire year and do whatever they wanted with. Um, and you did not get to enjoy. You know, that's, you know, so let's just say your tax refund is $10,000. That's $10,000 you did not get to enjoy in that previous year. Wow. I mean, yeah, you might get to enjoy it now, but, you know, you could have enjoyed it last year. And I think we all know <laughs> that, you know, that yeah. example, would you rather prefer, you know, a dollar today or a dollar tomorrow? And it's it's always now oh, will be your highest benefit. It's <laughs> even worse because then you have to prove to the government that you deserve that money that you gave them all year long yeah. with mm-hmm. a tax return. You know, you got to pay TurboTax or an accountant to prove, hey, that's actually my money, IRS, give it back. Mm-hmm. And of course, they're not just going to hand it to you yeah. um, at the end of the day. So it, it's, uh, it truly is. It's a zero interest loan with uh, cost to the accountant on Plus the side. Plus inflation for the year. Wow. So it's actually negative, what, 3%? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. And so, again, just kind of that argument, you know, rather than, you know, 
kind of loaning it to the government, giving a you know free free money to the government for a year, put it to a greater use. You know, lower your lower your withholdings on your you know tax forms for work. You know, whatever you have to do to make sure that you're actually receiving you know the appropriate amount um, from your you know, the appropriate amounts being withheld, and you're getting the appropriate amount in your paycheck. And oftentimes that'll act- actually end up freeing up um, some money in your monthly cash flow that you wouldn't otherwise have that you could use for another purpose, such as savings, such as a bank on yourself policy. Um, or if you're just, you know, you're still getting that tax refund, you know, that $10,000, well, like you were saying, Katrina, you can just use that as, you know, one-time lump sum to go ahead and get your policy started. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, so, and in fact, with the recent tax reform, uh, the Treasury Department just recently released the uh, new uh, W-2 calculator. So you might want to go check that out on their website to calculate if you need to make any uh, changes to your withholding. Uh, So, you know, if you're getting a bigger paycheck or whatnot, it will impact your overall tax situation next April. So it's probably a good idea if you're listening to just check out their their calculator to see what they say about if you need to make a change to how many withholdings, allowances you're putting on your uh, W-2. So um, one other thing that we looked at was, you know, leaving your family more than you could ever save. Uh, literally, again, this is this cannot be overlooked. Uh, while we talk about the merits of cash value uh, of bank on yourself plans, I literally can't save as much in my lifetime on my own as I could leave to my family with my death benefit. So I did go ahead and run these figures on my on my first policy, one of my first policies that we started. And if I was to put ten thousand dollars into the whole life policy that I started on myself years ago, uh, into the paid up edition writer, and then I immediately passed away the next week. Sorry, Katrina. <laughs> I'd leave Katrina uh, an additional $46,130 at my age. So I guess I'm not so sorry after all. That's a 400% immediate return. That's an okay car. I think I'd rather have you. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's a, and that amount would grow from 46000 onward and upward for the rest of my lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, uninterrupted with compounding growth with dividends, right? So that's that's awesome and really can't be overlooked. I can't I literally couldn't put if I put $10,000 into a savings account or anywhere else, that's going to get taxed when it's handed over to my heirs. Mm-hmm. But if I leave it in my policy, that's an income tax-free gift with an immediate return. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in other words, if I leave an IRA, yeah, similar uh, to my family with 10,000 bucks in it, they'd get taxed on that money and it would look like an IRS agent was a beneficiary in my will even though I didn't want them there. Uh, I'd leave about 8000 bucks to my family. So, dear listener, what do you want? <laughs> do you want to leave uh, your family a multiple of your savings, income tax-free, or leave your family less than you saved and send your IRS agent on a vacation? <laughs> yeah, where your money lives really matters. It does different things. Uh, so can Bank on Yourself solve some of your tax problems? It solves mine. <laughs> mm, yeah. <laughs> We're like, yes. Short, short of moving to the Cayman Islands, yes. it does do a pretty decent job. Yes. Yeah, I've, I I don't especially like paying taxes, but there are some really cool strategies. And please feel free to shout out to us if you'd like to, us to uh, share more about these or even run your own scenarios uh, to see how this would work in your situation. Just go to our notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com, click on request a meeting, and we can share more about that. All right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. 
This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.